Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 353 Community Psychology with Professor Mark Harner. I hope you listen and enjoy. In Unit 5, we're going to look at law, crime, and the community, and the healthcare system. The traditional justice system has reported that there's been a decrease in crime victimization from years 2007 to 2016. And when you see this word cloud here, and just the different um, ideas of how we perceive crime and what's involved here, you can understand that there's many faceted issues revolving what the legal system is and the justice system. Um, we understand that uh, the ecological variables do contribute to crime, such as if you've been exposed to violence, uh, abuse uh, within your community, if you have access to guns, um, if their communities in area of decay or disordered, disorganized, there's poverty there, unemployment, uh, if uh, lack of parenting or presence of abuse, all these things can contribute to uh, really raising up a criminal. And that, not to say that every person that's lived in these environments are criminals, but we know that these are factors which contribute to uh, crime. Prisons are a way that we deal with uh, crime in our justice system, and we incarcerate them, we put them in uh, isolation from society. And But the idea is really based off of retribution. Uh, this is your punishment for this crime, not on rehabilitation. And so the high recidivism or returning to crime rate may be because we don't deal with rehabilitation and um, in, in our programs, we focus more on getting them to have a, um, on punishment. Um, and so, and one of the areas of community psychology is why is there a disproportionate amount of African-American males that are in our prison system? And, um, and that while someone is in prison, Issues such as HIV, AIDS, substance abuse, sexual violence occur as well, where when they leave prison, they become more damaged uh, than they were before they entered prison. Um, that's from the criminal perspective. From the victim perspective, um, you know, many people experience crimes each year. And... Uh, the interesting thing is, the paradox is that people who are most afraid of being a victim of a crime are the ones who are the least victimized, um, such as the elderly. And those who are least fearful of crime are the ones who are likely to be victimized, such as young urban men. Um, so, the um, but if you can, if you've ever driven around different parts of your town, you may have a feeling of this is a safe community or this is not a safe community. What do you base those things on? A lot of times it's graffiti or abandoned buildings or things like that. Um, how do we deal with 
how do we enforce the laws that we have? Uh, so, which is typically done with the police. It's, um, you know, different citizens within the community have different viewpoints on the police. And, uh, you know, we tend to watch police shows on movies and television shows, and we kind of have a glamorized version of that, of what they're solving. And, uh, but um, most um, police work is dealing with public nuisances or family conflicts. And uh, so they don't, uh, we tend to make it a more glamorous uh, occupation than what it really is. Um, and also the police may, and the community may have different ideas about how the police should be involved and about uh, how aggressive a police should be or, or um, you know, how should they interact with a certain part of the community more than the others. So these are questions that often raised and where conflict can occur and uh, community psychologists can work to, with these different parts of the community to help understand. Um, so the, um, um, if a child or in, involved is or um, has had some sort of interaction with the justice system, um, you know, one of the things that are, is often used as mentoring. It's whether the person has been a victim of crime or um, themselves, or maybe they've lost a family member to prison because of that. So mentors provide positive um, relationships, positive role models, and um, sometimes th this is formal through different programs, but oftentimes it happens just through extended family, neighbors, or even the church. Um, one of the ways that communities often deal with this is uh, crime is things such as neighborhood crime watches, and you've maybe seen signs around neighborhoods that deal with that, or um, and community policing. So these are just examples of the um, uh, the community itself taking on a role within uh, the enforcement of rules within its community. Um, Secondary prevention methods usually uh, provide assistance to crime victims, such as crisis intervention, uh, compensation where they've uh, lost income due to the crime itself. Um, um, sometimes there's programs what we call restorative justice, such as the victim and the, the offender actually come together and where the victim is able to speak to the offender and the offender to understand the impact that that crime has had on the victim. Um, so sometimes when uh, a particularly horrific uh, crime has occurred, crisis intervention can come in where uh, counselors or others can be a part of, or chaplains can be a part of serving those victims and helping them through that time of stress. Um, as I mentioned, the restorative justice programs uh, was the idea of making right the wrong that was done, and that includes uh, different uh, programs where, again, the offender and the victim come together. And it's not just where the uh, offender has paid the penalty and goes to prison or jail for a certain period of time, but actually restoring that which has been damaged or lost or stolen or things like that in a way to, uh, to try to make corrections for that.
um, reintegration programs. So when someone is um, uh, released from prison, how do they, um, do they just go straight from the cell outside the prison gate into the community? Uh, many programs provide ways to, uh, <coughs> sorry. Start from that slide again. What happens when a prisoner leaves the prison? Reintegration programs are designed to help uh, transition that prisoner into the community, such as counseling or education programs, providing them a skill. Um, so it uh, can be, sometimes we use the term halfway house, where they're they are not in prison, but they're not really fully in the community yet. And they're, um, they're in a kind of a supervised setting to enable to help them in that transition. There's um, our healthcare system is something that we're seeing more of and aware of as we go through this coronavirus uh, issue. And uh, what are the differences in healthcare that we see in different based off ethnicity? Uh, rural versus urban, you know, or different lifestyles or social class. How do we, uh, or do we have equitable care uh, for people regardless of who they are or where they live? Um, so our healthcare system in the United States is a pretty complex one. Um, you know, you have to finance the system and pay insurance premiums or your employer pays part of that or you pay part of that. Um, we have things like legislation like the Affordable Care Act come in. Um, you know, healthcare providers, what payment do they take and what do they don't take? Um, you know, are, do um, patients see themselves restricted patients or are they consumers of healthcare? And the United States actually leads the world in, in expenditures for healthcare. Um, and about 32% of the cost is covered by insurance, 35% is paid by the federal government in uh, such ways, and then the individuals make up other payments as well. Um, an area that community psychology is involved with is uh, prevention over uh, remediation. And by that, it's, it's easier to prevent a disease from happening than trying to cure it later on. And it's less expensive well, as well. So understanding what populations may be susceptible to certain illnesses and communities and dealing with those uh, issues and uh, providing education and uh, different approaches, multidisciplinary teams, um, and engaging the community and coming to ways to find out how they um, they act and how we, we can lessen the, the severity of this illness upon that community. Um, so we tend to think of healthcare for an individual, but community psychology looks at communities as the focus rather than neighborhoods rather than just the individual. But you have to define what a community is. And so, uh, and the community, of course, has to decide, do they want to change? Healthcare is 
is pretty much a, a very indivi individualistic um, part of our lives. We have an experience with our doctors, and but we also understand that certain communities are higher risk for certain uh, illnesses than others. So trying to strike that balance of individual with community is one of the areas that community psychologists are interested in. Um, so one of the ways is building resources, is combining different parts of the healthcare system to work together, not isolated silos that are not really aware of what the other is doing, but to interact with one another, collaborating with one another. The um, um, mental health and substance abuse often are not the primary focus of our healthcare system. We think more in terms of heart disease or cancer or things like that. But um, these are issues that need to be addressed, uh, mental health and substance abuse. And how does making those available to, um, you know, to the individuals in the community as, um, you know, under the same roof as coordinating services between professionals, making referrals easier between professionals, mental, uh, mental health and uh, medical professionals. So having a holistic attitude toward care. So working together, these are areas of interest to community psychologists. The, um, um, and when you work with different uh, communities, you have to understand that you need to have um, maybe interpreters involved when, especially if we have a Hispanic community, oftentimes the older the members are, the less likely they are to speak English and the younger children become the in, uh, interpreters. But, um, but when you're making a, um, uh, interactions with the community that's of a different culture, being aware of the cultural norms, uh, being aware of the language and how to best educate people and that what would be a motivator for that uh, group, that community to seek uh, preventive medical care. One of the difficult things is in our rural communities is a lack of access to health care. Most physicians prefer to work in a larger, more urban community. And so um, it uh, takes uh, some effort to get physicians to be willing to to work in a smaller, more rural community. And, uh, but uh, a lot of different universities and medical schools are doing that very thing. And how do we, if we have an illness, how do we deal with that in connection with one another in community? Um, we understand that having support is very important as you go through an illness, that you're not just going through it alone, but um, people are, checking in on you and caring for you and doing things like, uh, you know, things that you may have done in your church, like provide a meal or, or come and pray or, uh, or doing some things like watching your kids while they're recuperating. Um, so these are ways, all these things are important in bringing about health in a community. So we'll continue to, uh, to talk in the next video.